The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBV-TV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9, in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30, of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Cali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Han will start off today's telecast with a spirit-inspiring song entitled, The Shelter of His Wings. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Give a listen to the words of this song that are truly an inspiration and comfort to us. When enemies surround me, their evil deeds to do, I found a place of safety where nothing can break through. 
Though thousands fall around me from what this evil brings, with God I found a shelter beneath his loving wings. The church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song entitled, A Pace Serve Jesus. Yes, TV viewers, we are faced with many choices in our daily lives, one being our service and honor to the Lord. For he tells us, choose you this day whom you will serve, God or the devil. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As we serve him with our whole hearts, minds, and souls, he will surely part the waters and make a way to victory.
Our soloist for today is Tracy Asano, who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful song, Amazing Grace, with Chains Are Gone. Doing her background music will be Chelsea Associate Bass, Evans Broad Sr., Mason Asano Sr., guitars, Iris Locke on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. We thank the Lord for showering His amazing grace, mercy, and compassion upon us. Here's an excerpt of the words to this song that are so uplifting. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a blood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing See you. 
unending love, amazing grace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be The church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled, We Are More Than Conquerors. We are conquerors with our Lord and Savior by our side. He will fight the battles for us and make a way of escape. Satan is a defeated foe, for it is God for us. Who can be against us? The Lord is only a prayer way. Please join me and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen.
We are blessed to hear from the string section of the band, directed by Edith Matsuki, who played the lovely song entitled, Behold the Man. Our Lord Jesus Christ was scourged, bound and crowned with thorns, then crucified on the cross of Calvary. He endured the pain and suffering and overcame death, hell, and the grave. Through the shedding of his blood, we have the promise of eternal life.
The daughters of Judah will now blend their voices to the song entitled Redeemed. It will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. We praise and thank the Lord to have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and for our, our salvation, full and free. The Lord is speaking to your hearts today to accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this song to a dear brother in Christ, who is none other than Brother Spiri Uli. May the Lord continue to strengthen you spiritually and physically and pour forth His blessings upon you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Jose Jandok, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the country of the U.S. for viewing audience. Especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, the DSL cast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. 
from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and part of Nevada in Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Diamond Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work, if you are kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit the website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in home state Hawaii. Services are held daily Tuesday to Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service starts at 10 a.m. and the final healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service is held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Polo Avenue, services, services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by our neighborhood branch churches, as services are conducted by Pastor Reginald Kasana Sinja in Kanakaka Molokai, Pastor Kenneth Enveru in Haina Maui, Pastor Walter Aitino in Hilo, Hawaii, Pastor Lana Kiwara Sana Sinja in Kolo, Kauai, Pastor Hannah Bessar in Boloko Pikawayan, Pastor Vesper in President's School of Terminal, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of your affiliations. There are no collections. If you desire to voluntarily continue to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the of telecast. And I would like to return the program back to Head Pastor Brown Jr., who brings forth a spirit directed and spirit the sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. We have all won victories in one way or another. Yes, viewers, we should praise and thank God for them. However, many tend to seek the Lord only in time of need. We forget the greater picture, which is our responsibility to serve and please God. We fail in this endeavor because we as humans, we tend to regard the Lord only in terms of how He can serve and please us. At some point in time, we reverse the role of God and man. Therefore, one step towards rectifying the existing situation is to make the reading of God's Word an important and major part of our lives. After all, His Word is a lamp unto our feet, and His Word is forever settled in heaven. I pray, viewers, my sermon, take my hand, will serve its purpose and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bring to memory our obligations to Him. Taking the hand is expressive of fellowship and helpfulness. It gives a warm feeling to the heart when taken seriously because you have experienced the sensation of being received. Can you think of a better place to be well received than in the spiritual assembly of the saints of God? We are told in Matthew 18:20, for where two or three are gathered together there in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jesus is always the focus of attention when the children of God are gathered in unity and harmony. Many who are not yet saved wonder at the Christian's attention to Jesus. Well, in John, the divine vision of God's throne, elders and living creatures were worshiping the Creator. And they said, as we find in Revelations 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So the spiritual assembly is a body of worshipers charged to observe all things commanded by Jesus and experience the divine presence of inseparable Christ. 
Brother Luke gives us an account of Cleopas and another on the way to Emmaus when the risen Christ joined their company. Luke 24:15 tells us, And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. We can readily understand from this scripture that in the communion of the saints, fellowship with Christ Jesus is encouraged. I can remember as a young child, my parents advised me to be careful how I choose my friends. They always told me that you become like your friends. I believe the saying goes something like this, show me your friends and I'll tell you what you are. Brother Paul admonishes us in Philippians 1, 3 to 5, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Good Christian fellowship has an inward fire that is based on spiritual talk and fellowship with Christ Jesus. Again, in Luke chapter 24, verse 32, we read, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened to us by the scriptures, that inward fire comes from the direct communication which we have with our Lord as well as with one another. As we serve the Lord, we have a divinely faithful God who did call us into this fellowship. As we care for one another and the work of the Lord, the Lord will honor us with his friendship by putting us first when Jesus reveals all the things concerning himself in the scriptures, he is promoting a special relationship that can and will lead to a real wonderful and permanent fellowship. Surely we can say the best friend to have is Jesus. He leaves his impression upon your life. Acts 4.3 tells us, Now when they saw the bonus of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. Peter and John were Galileans, simple people, who were easily betrayed by their misuse of their own language. In spite of this, the apostles' fearlessness stood the test of the moment, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, they were made bold to stand for the truth that had been taught to them by our Lord Jesus Christ. Boldness is an important ingredient in fellowship for it helps in disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Those who believe are called to fellowship with Christ Jesus. Look at 1 John 1, 3-4, and it says, That which we have seen and heard, declare me unto you, that he also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write me unto you, that your joy may be full. The joy we experience is given to us by our Lord, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Each and every true born-again Christian has a testimony of the Lord. One of the special marks of true testimony is that it becomes irrepressible. Read Acts 4.28, and it says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Personal experience is a special mark of King David's true testimony. As he speaks in Psalm 66, 16, Come and hear, all will ye that fear God, and I will declare what he had done for my soul. Today, take my hand, is Jesus extending his hand in fellowship. Yes, viewers, the condition of fellowship with Christ Jesus is dependent upon your receptivity 
of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It is not based on your understanding it, but rather you believing it and doing something about it. Nicodemus, a man of the Pharisees, a ruler of the Jews, a God-fearing person who paid his size and obeyed the status and judgments of the Lord, did something about it by approaching Jesus, inquiring of him how to be born again. John 3, 5 tells us, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus, the author of the gospel of the kingdom of God, and he used the word except in this scriptural passage, which means that we must accomplish his will, his way, or else everything performed will be null and void, born of water and of the spirit. It means first water baptism, then spirit baptism. Now it behooves all men everywhere to obey our Lord, for when Jesus says you cannot enter into the kingdom of God, the reason will be more than evident that you do not do it the Lord's way, that he did not do it the Lord's way. In his prayer following John 17, 20, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, that is his apostles, but for them also, meaning all of us, who shall believe on me through their word. That is the word that was taught by the apostles by Jesus himself. Ask yourselves, does Jesus care? Of course he cares, and so much so that he is pleading with the whole world to take my hand. The continuity of the Word of God, both in word and deed, is easily comprehended. Boldly through the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the keys to the gospel of the kingdom of God were used. As Acts 2 through 8 tells us, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here we have the Apostle Peter declaring the same things that Jesus taught while on his earthly ministry. Repentance, which is called for, is godly sorrow for sin. This is reflected by the convert having an attitude change in regards to sin and self. The phrase, be baptized, every one of you, not only shows us that baptism is mandatory, but also does not exclude anyone. In this reference, we see that the name of Jesus Christ is the new name to be used in the baptism ceremony. Baptism is a type of death burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, death in that we give up our own lifestyle, burial in that we are buried in the death of Jesus, resurrection in that as Jesus was raised from the grave and ascended into heaven, we too are resurrected from our watery grave into a new life in Christ Jesus. What this all means is that baptism is not performed by sprinkling, or pouring water over the top of a convert's head. Baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse so that the convert must be completely submerged in water to be correctly baptized. 1 Peter 3.21 says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In other words, because baptism is what it represents, the convert is demonstrating his faith through obedience to God's will and experience a good conscience, knowing that he has pleased God. Jesus paid the price of free salvation for you and me, and thus it is his blood which has never lost its power and that will eradicate sin. What God forgives, he truly forgets. The gift of the Holy Ghost is manifested by the speaking in the unknown tongue. He is the mind of Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is your passport to heaven. 
Of all the gifts a man can receive in his life, this is the most precious of them all. We live in a fast time with many delusions in and about us, and therefore we need the Holy Spirit to lead us in a life above sin that we might hear the call, come up hither. When Jesus returns to rapture his very own, many people profess to be saved. Listen to Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. No minister, priest, friend, or relative can save you. Salvation is of the Lord and must be accomplished according to the known will of the Lord. If you choose today to be rescued by the heeding God's call to take my hand, then your choice will include the name of Jesus in everything. I repeat, everything that you do in word or deed. Many who are in need of the helping hand of God in their lives don't even know that the gospel is the good news that Jesus saves from sin and death, that Jesus heals the sick and afflicted body, that Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. And a lot sooner than many people think. The all-important question that should be uppermost in your heart and mind is, am I ready to meet my Savior in the sky if he were to suddenly appear? If not, why not? Jesus authored the salvation plan. It has not changed for almost 2,000 years. In Hebrews 13:8, we are told Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. There are many doctrines in the world today, and only one was taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. In Brother Paul's stewardship of the gospel, he declares in Galatians 1:12 to the church, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You might ask, what is it exactly that was revealed to Paul? While addressing the Christian unity, he told the church, as you read in Ephesians 4, 4 to 6, there is one body. That is, we who have taken on the name of Jesus to form that spiritual body of Christ. And one spirit. God is that spirit. And they must worship him, must worship him in spirit and truth. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. That is, we who are alive in hope in Christ Jesus, who overcame death, hell, and the grave. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. What should we do? The whole Christianity is completely divided today. They have all kinds of formulas for their salvation. The confusion is greater than the ability of man to comprehend. God's word teaches us in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, thusly, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Our God is merciful and compassionate, and his call to the world is to take my hand and come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. God is not a God of confusion. We read Romans 3, 4, God forbid, yea, let God be true, and every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Thus, sprinkling or pouring does not accommodate the definition of baptism, and neither does it agree in the typology of our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. Take special note of the fact that the word name is used and it is the singular form. This tells us that the name of the Lord in Jesus Christ is the only name to be utilized for baptism. Obedience to this point will give you two wonderful promises, the remission of sins, which is what God forgives, He forgets, and the gift of the Holy Ghost, the mind of Christ in you, directing your life above sin that you might endure unto the end and be saved. 
People often question the importance of the name of Jesus in salvation. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Simply put, viewers, without the name of Jesus, you can't be saved. Let's read and analyze the Great Commission, which is found in Matthew 28, 18-19. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Today, all of Christendom is divided on baptism. It seems that most of the churches use their text as their baptism formula. The Great Commission was given by Lord Jesus Christ to His apostles so that they would be empowered by Him to carry on the gospel in His physical absence. To negate any power that Jesus has in His position is to deny the power of the mighty God. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that His name shall be called the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Jesus said in John 10, 38, I and my Father are one. Furthermore, Isaiah 43, 11 says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God had made that same Jesus whom he hath crucified, both Lord and Christ. Our God is not a God of confusion. From Genesis to Revelation, we have a complete story of the self-revealing God. So according to the scriptures, you must believe that Jesus is God and Savior personified. The phrase baptizing them tells us that baptism is an essential part of our salvation. The phrase in the name is in the singular form and therefore means that there is only one name that will be used for salvation. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, our phrases used in reference to the one name to be utilized, and these phrases are not names in themselves, but titles of our God in His three manifestations. In other words, Father is the title of God in the creation, Son is the title of God personified in the flesh, and the Holy Ghost is the title of God as the Holy Spirit in regeneration, that is the preparing of man's heart to be God's dwelling place, by now, you've probably noticed that there is no mention of repentance, a godly sorrow for sin. Neither is there a name mentioned, a new name that must be used by the bride. There is no mention of remission of sins. What God forgives, He forgets. And finally, there is no mention of the gift of the Holy Ghost, the mind of Christ in us, leading us in a life above sin, that we may be saved and inherit eternity. By the authority of the Word of God, it is more than evident that Matthew 28, 18, 19 is not wrong, but when applied in baptism, then it is wrongfully used. A very wise and dear friend of mine who has gone home to be with the Lord once advised me to preach in such a way as to have a smattering of the truth so that there would be something for everyone. To obey means to follow the commands or guidance of our Lord Jesus. After all, He is the author and finisher of our faith. Spiritual knowledge can be attained if you will use the key found in John 7, 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. God's Word does admonish us not to be deceived with vain words. 
and fancy language of men because his wrath is going to fall upon all who are disobedient. The Bible has many accounts of men who obeyed God. Noah was such a man as Genesis 6.22 tells us. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. For many long years, Noah went about building the ark. Then the Lord told him to load up. When the rains came without ceasing and the waters started to flood the land, all the people who mocked and scoffed him earlier started to realize the error of their ways, but they were all too late. Thus, Noah and his family, a total of eight people, were saved for a new beginning. Our greatest example of obedience is Christ Jesus. Reading Hebrews 5, 8, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Just imagine if Jesus did not obey all the way to the cross today, we would be most miserable not having a way of escaping this lost and dying world. You see, back in the very beginning, when Adam and Eve walked this earth, they had a maid. Yes, everything God created was good. However, because man disobeyed, sin became a part of life. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Jesus is preached so that you can reform your life. The imperative duty of life is declared by the apostles in Acts 5.29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The time that we live in is fast, uncertain, and full of seduction. The choices that we must make are a matter of life and death. Choosing to follow Jesus all the way is the best choice one can make. This choice allows us to be a living sacrifice unto our God. Listen to Romans 12, 1 to 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that it may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Brother Paul is actually telling us that because God is merciful and compassionate, we should so devote our total being to the Christian ethic as a reasonable service and thus be holy and acceptable unto God. He goes on further to remind us of God's transforming power which will take us farther away from the worldly ways and cause us to prove for our own selves the will of God, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Following Jesus requires commitment on our behalf. In other words, we are allowing ourselves to be entrusted with God's statutes and judgments. But Paul informed the Philippian church thusly, Therefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The godly fear that we should possess is the case, awe and respect for our God that we not offend Him. The trembling is that involuntary physical shake that we experience because we know of God's righteousness and justice. Salvation is an individual matter. It is strictly between the individual and God. The happy state of the godly comes from having committed their way unto the Lord. King David, Psalm 37, 5 tells us, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, 
and he shall bring it to pass. Serving the Lord with commitment requires that our service be accomplished heartily. Psalms 119.2 says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with his whole heart. I heard of a notice that was posted on the workplace bulletin board that read, The management regrets that it has come to the attention that workers dying on the job are failing to fall down. This practice must stop. And it becomes, it becomes impossible to distinguish between death and the natural movement of the staff. Any employee found dead in an upright position will be dropped from the payroll. Situations like this can parallel our work for the Lord. We often, like hollow people, go through the motions of obedience without any realizing, realism of heartfelt involvement. This might not be easy to notice at first, but sooner or later, the business as usual appearance will be discovered as a lacking of enthusiasm for serving the Lord God. According to the scripture, we can receive the benefits of happiness only if we remain charged up in our desire to please the Lord. This scripture is a part of a prayer that expresses the desire of one who didn't want to set up a casual religious experience. He longed for a total commitment to what God loves and hates as found in the law. Furthermore, he sensed that to carry out God's work in the world, he would have to give his whole heart, mind, and strength to the task. Without a doubt, it's still true today. We will never accomplish anything for the Lord by shuffling our way through the motions of faith, knowledge, and love. Our wills must be set against our sinful nature and the current of the world. But this can happen if our service is hardly done heartily. Therefore, daily we must take his hand and ask the Lord to help us to be true-hearted and whole-hearted that we might glorify an all-glorious Savior. Only the Lord with His great power can reign over your wills and affections victoriously. And with the Lord's help, we can be freely surrendered and holy the Lord's very own. A thought that you can keep in mind is to be holy for the Lord, our God, and He will be holy for you. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. We conclude our program by calling upon our church band to play the song entitled, At Calvary.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.